Our second reading for today comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. It is on page 50 of the Pew Bible. As he came out of the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign of all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he. And they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, when I was writing this sermon earlier this week, I wrote at one point that this is an important sermon. It's an important sermon for you to hear. It's an important sermon for me to give. But that changed Friday night. Friday night, I was sitting at home with Heather. We were watching Doc McStuffins because what else do people do on Friday night? And the news started rolling in about Paris. First, there were murmurings of attack and hostages. And the details came flooding in. Over a hundred dead, countless injured, six organized attacks. And this sermon became even more important. Because the doubt, the questions, the uncertainty that went along with those attacks on Saturday or Friday evening speak into today's Old Testament text. Today's text is one that's fairly familiar to many of us. It's the call of the prophet Isaiah. When Isaiah goes before God and God says, Who shall we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, Here I am. Send me. And that's what we focus on so often. In today's New Testament text, Jesus also addresses uncertainty. He and the disciples are leaving the temple and they sit on the Mount of Olives and the disciples are saying, what incredible large buildings, what great stones. And Jesus says, do you see all these stones? The day will come where not one stone will be left standing upon another. The disciples wanted to know when this would occur. The temple was the center of the Jewish faith. 
It had been destroyed once before during the exile, and it almost destroyed Judaism, but they were able to return to their home and rebuild the temple. But they thought if it were ever to be destroyed again, it would be the end of Judaism. But Jesus doesn't answer them. Instead, he said, do not be led astray. Do not be led from your faith. There will be many in my name who say, I am he. Don't follow them, but stay true to what you know. There will be wars, there will be rumors of wars. There will be earthquake, there will be famine. Nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And this is just the beginning. There will be doubt. There will be pain. There will be uncertainty. And there is no doubt that there are moments in our lives that cause us doubt, cause us pain, cause us uncertainty. And it's moments like this that we need to be sure not to be led astray. And that's why this sermon is important. Because we need to equip ourselves with solid faith, with good theology. Otherwise, when we face those tragedies, when we face those disasters, everything becomes empty platitudes. When you're hurting, when you're grieving, and someone says, it's okay, it's all part of God's plan, that means nothing to you. It might even do more harm than good. But if you're equipped with good theology, if your faith is strong, you're able to see the bigger picture. And you will still hurt and you will still have pain. Friends, there are times in our lives when we will suffer. It could be personal in our lives, such as the loss of a brother, a sister, a parent, a child. It could be something like the loss of a job or a home or our health, our independence. It could be something more widespread. In December 2004, a 9.5 earthquake shook beneath the Indian Ocean and created a tsunami like we have not seen in recent history that killed 220,000 people throughout that region. It could be the effects of Hurricane Katrina. It could be yet another school shooting or yet another young man shot dead in the street. It could be the effects and the attack that happened in Paris this past Friday evening. There will be events that cause doubt, pain, and uncertainty within us. One of the great misconceptions that Christians lead a great life. But Jesus never promises that. In fact, Jesus says we will be persecuted for our faith. Eleven of the twelve disciples were killed for their faith. We're not promised comfort and continuous happiness. So we must be equipped to face this when it happens. So how do we respond? What do we do? 
So we look to Isaiah. Here I am. Follow me. We focus on that verse and we forget about the beginning of the verse. In the year King Uzziah dies. That's almost throwaway verse. That's something we don't pay attention to. But we have to realize that King Uzziah was a great and popular king. Under King Uzziah's watch, Judah had grown to strength, prosperity, stability like it had not seen in generations. And then he died. And a good king was left with a, and followed by an inexperienced king. And doubt and uncertainty arose and questions were everywhere. Would his son be able to rule like he ruled? What about the Assyrians building their empire to our north? What about the Babylonian kingdom building up in the distance? What happens now? So we look to Isaiah. In the king year, the king Uzziah died. We see that Isaiah sought out and encountered God. And when we are faced with tragedy, whether personal or on a greater scale, we should look for God's presence. There's a powerful scene in the movie Selma when Martin Luther King Jr. goes to comfort the the parents of a son who was killed by racists in the streets because he's part of the protest movement. And the first thing he says to his parents is that God was the first to weep at the loss of your son. Presbyterian minister Fred Rogers, better known as Mr. Rogers, once said that when I was little, I would look at the news and I would see scary things. And my mom told me, look for the helpers. There are always people helping. And the day of the greatest church attendance in this century was the Sunday after September 11th. Churches filled to the brims as people went seeking God's presence. Asking, where is God in this tragedy? Looking. But Isaiah doesn't stop in encountering God. Instead, he then lets himself be transformed by God. He says, I am a person of unclean lips. And I'm from a people of unclean lips. So God has one of the seraphs pick up the coal and touch it to his lips and cleans him and purifies him. And we encounter God. We must be transformed by that encounter. And finally, we must respond to God's call to us. We must seek a call to action and respond. We must do as Isaiah did and say, Here I am, God. Send me. I remember the tsunami so very clearly because afterwards, a young woman who was 8th uh, grade and ninth grader at the time came to me and said, Chris, I just cleaned out my closet and I have all these nice clothes that I'm not going to wear anymore. How can I send them to the people who've lost everything? Now, of the entire church, she was the only one that came looking for help. And I looked into it and I came back to her and said, I'm sorry, they won't take clothes. It's too bulky to send. It won't help at this time. And she said, well, what if we have a yard sale and I sell them? 
And this turned into a church-wide yard sale that raised over $1,000 to go to the tsunami relief. And it came from this little 8th grade girl who'd sought out God's presence in the face of tragedy and had answered God's call and sought ways to help. I remember the day after September 11th, standing in line for 45 minutes waiting to give blood because so many people knew that there would be a need. And if you know me, I don't give blood well. I turn pale. I often almost pass out. They are on high alert with me. But I knew that there was a need and I was answering the call. As Mr. Rogers' mom said, look for the helpers. And we should be those helpers. We should respond out of love, out of compassion. We should seek to help those whose lives have been shaken and torn apart. Friends, life is not going to be a walk in the park. You are not promised every comfort. You are not promised that life is going to be a garden of roses. But when we encounter those tragedies, whether it be a natural disaster such as an earthquake, a hurricane, a tornado, whether it be a death of a leader such as the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. or JFK, whether it be an act of war such as the bombing of Pearl Harbor or a terrorist attack such as 9-11 or the events of this past Friday, or we can have personal tragedies such as death or loss, We will encounter pain. We will encounter doubt and uncertainty. But we can respond by seeking God's presence, by being transformed by that encounter, and by answering God's call to respond. It will not take away the pain or the suffering. It doesn't matter how we respond today, what we do today. The people who've lost loved ones in Paris on Friday are still going to feel the pain of that loss, that absence. But Paris is the city of light. And we can be a light in this world. And we can bring hope. And we can change it for the better. Amen.